0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
1: Shall we begin?
2: (laughs) Expecto Patronum!
0: I am honoured to introduce to you the creator of The Hunger Games themselves, Dean Casca Highbottom.
2: From District 12, Lucy Gray Baird. There has been a change this year. As a mentor, Mr. Snow, your role is to turn these children into spectacles, not survivors.
1: What does my mentor do besides bring me roses? I do my best to take care of you. You really want to take care of me in that arena? Start by thinking I can actually win.
0: BFM 89.9, you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmila and Arvin. And uh, this week's, I guess, big cinematic release, uh, or last week's rather, is The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. It is a, uh, it's a prequel to The Hunger Games. It tells the story of Coriolanus Snow and it's directed by Francis Lawrence, he of um, music videos. And
2: uh, what else has he done? A, A number of action movies, actually. Yes. Yes. So, if you take this as a movie that that nobody really wanted or even thought they were going to get, and then ended up getting anyway, I know this isn't starting well. Actually, it's pretty entertaining. Um, I was I was happy to be back in that space of of the of Panem and the the world that Hunger Games builds. Uh, it carries on pretty well from the legacy of the previous movies while simultaneously kind of not mattering. And maybe that's the problem. I don't know that I needed to know more about President Snow and how he came to be, which is the classic problem with the retrofitting a story, right? For what it's worth, it's based on an actual book that Suzanne Collins wrote, um, which pretty much sticks to, which the movie pretty much sticks to. Again, enjoyed it, liked being back in the space. Not sure that I'm going to remember it very much.
1: No, I I think that's like 100%, right? Because I don't think anyone watching the Hunger Games movies were curious enough about old President Snow (laughs) to want to watch a a super long movie about him. Two hours and 28, uh, 38 minutes. Yeah. Which is way too long for a movie like this. Um and I I never once wondered like what his deal was. You know, Why the I, I roses? What?
2: Why poison? Yeah, yeah. Why white yeah. hair?
1: Yeah. Who cares? Like who cares? <laughs> He's a bad guy doing bad guy things. Um but but again, like that being said, um I enjoyed this movie like quite a lot. Um I had fun watching it, I had fun like revisiting this weird dystopian world um and the movie is literally divided into three parts right like like literally like three acts like it says so on the screen in big text um and and i'll say like the first two parts had me locked in um, and engaged and were very entertaining and then the third act sort of drags on a bit and is quite boring and and you get to feel the the runtime but other than that i didn't feel like i wasted money on a ticket for this
0: i oh, my goodness aren't we damning with faint praise um i i think <laughs> that it is actually um I think that if you like the previous Hunger Games that you will like this very much. Um, and it makes sense because I so dismissively said Francis Lawrence directed music videos, which he did. That was his like original thing. But he also did four out of the five previous Hunger Games. So I think that it makes sense to have like a steady hand back um, who knows exactly how um, you know they want to shoot this, who knows exactly how the world is supposed to look, who can therefore um, reasonably imagine what a Pan Am in the past um, would have looked like. So... I realize I'm not again sounding deeply enthusiastic. I actually thought that this was really fun. Um, I, I enjoyed my time in the cinema. I think that, um, like you both, though, it's best to th- it's best to not question it too much or try to attach too much meaning to it. I think, unlike the Hunger Games, which has like a really clear moral compass, it's trying to say something very specifically. Even when it gets a little muddled, even when there are more characters, um, you understand what the Hunger Games. Politically is about um, this movie is a little is a little tough because it is the origin story of a villain, um, but for huge swaths of the movie, you find yourself sympathizing with him, which I think you're supposed to, but then the movie doesn't do anything with that sympathy either.
2: Ah, uh, that's exactly it, actually. Um the actor who plays Coriolanus Snow um, and in this point, he's just coming out of high school? College? It's a great performance. He's so good. Mm. Tom Blythe, he's so, so good as um, Coriolanus Snow that you end up liking him a lot and you end up empathising with him a lot. Um, you almost forget that he is the President Snow who's the big bad in the rest of the movies, right? It's not a problem, but it is a problem because actually then what is this movie about? Um Clearly, it's meant to be the fall from grace. It's meant to be how a character was swayed towards being who he was. But the movie doesn't quite get there or give us enough to believe in that journey. Um, It also doesn't have a payoff because the payoff of the other films is ultimate liberation of the districts, right? This one is before that. So you also know that this isn't going to really go anywhere. You know things are going to get worse Mm. before they get better. Yes, so... In that sense, then, this movie actually has to work quite hard to give you a story that you can hook on to. Um, it doesn't quite do that. Um, but that said, the reason I enjoyed it so much, I think, has to do with the fact that the premise of the Hunger Games stories is so uh, arresting, right? The notion of taking children and making them pay for, um, you know, their, the uprising of their their forebearers, And so there's a lot there that you still... That's still and in fact, you know, in terms of the the brutality of the story um, and how far it's willing to go, that is still here.
1: And I think that's the problem with like prequels and especially prequels about villains, right? Uh, like you mentioned, like the same thing happened in Star Wars with like Anakin Skywalker. Um, you can't tell a story of a villain who's always bad, so they need to start out good and likable and, and with hints of some sort of evil or bad in them, um, anti-hero at worst. And then by the end of the prequel or prequels, you need to do all this weird tai chiing and mental gymnastics to connect the protagonist to the original antagonist that we know. Um, and I think like, more often than not, the Justification of the the origin story is always kind of like, oh, like like that's it. Like that's why he's such a um, I don't know, DB, like a jerk. Um, you know, that's why he's like this sadistic like dictator. Like the backstory is almost always never good enough or never strong enough to justify why this guy became like a complete lunatic um by the future movies.
0: So in this film, um, like we said, it's the origin story of Corey. Coriolanus Snow. Um, and when we first meet him, we realize that he's this impoverished student who's performing very, very well, but heavily reliant and hoping for this scholarship win in order to be able to, to sustain his life. By right? also and
2: pretending that they're pretend- still rich. Yes,
0: um, and trying to restore his family to their former glory. Um, they were disgraced by their father's death at a young age. So all that stuff is happening. Um, and then the the introduction to the Hunger Games comes via the realisation that his uh, he and his classmates are actually the first batch of mentors that exist where they're supposed to kind of train these people to become reality TV contestants um, at this really early um, analogue version of, of what we know <laughs> later will become The
2: Hunger With, Games. With like B-grade drones. And... Actually, that's quite funny. That's la. quite funny. Um, <laughs> I actually
0: also enjoyed the um, substitution of Stanley Tucci with Jason Schwartzman like like who some, plays his father. Yes, so some things make a lot of sense and I I really enjoy it. Um but that's essentially the premise, right? So it puts Cory Lena Snow in a relationship with his mentee, um played by Rachel Ziegler, whose name is Lucy Baird. Lucy, Lucy Gray. Gray Baird. Yes. Um and she's like this southern Gypsy Bell, she's the song songstress in the title, guys. Yes, um, <laughs> yeah, and and then I think that's where the movie gets confused. Whether it's a love story, whether it's a political story, whether it's a Hunger Game survival
2: story, it it all kind of it tries to do a lot of different things. So. I've not read the book. Um, From what I understand from reading reviews and discussions, the book, I think, is a little bit more (laughs) grey about Lucy Gray Barrett's character um, because when I was watching the movie... I kept thinking there was more, you know. I kept thinking, ooh, is this a trick? Is this like a ploy? Because they, by the nature of their relationship, have to take advantage yes, of each other. Yes. Yeah. So he needs her to become rich. She needs him to survive. When they meet, you know, they immediately kind of have this chemistry. But at the same time, you're not sure whether they're both being themselves. So there's stuff there that I wanted to see developed. But the movie doesn't necessarily go there. Um and then I think the Lucy Gray character has never really developed well enough, certainly not to the point that the Snow character is. So by the end, you're not left with much to hold on to with her character, I think, which is a problem because she's his motivation.
1: I also feel like the movie had so many opportunities to be deeper and more interesting than it was. Um, and then it just didn't take it. Um, and I don't know if the books took it or the books went those places. I, I, I have no idea. La. Um, I also think like Rachel Ziegler definitely belongs in this franchise. Like she fits and I like the character of Lucy Gray. She's cool, like cool introduction, all that stuff. But if we are being honest, la, you know, there was no way she was ever going to be Katniss Everdeen or fill those shoes, right? Like in yeah. setting her up to that benchmark, yeah. would have been unfair. You Making know, like her Jennifer sing Lawrence.
2: Hanging Tree, I'm sorry, is like, uh, it's just setting uh, up for failure.
1: It's Yeah, it's setting up for failure, basically. Um, not that she's a bad character, but Jennifer Lawrence is such a charisma powerhouse. And Katniss became a, a pop culture icon after the first movie. She became a political icon after that. Um, and there's no way Lucy Gray was ever going to be New Katniss love plus. I think the focus is really on Tom Blythe as Snow. So like you know, no finding a new Katniss in this new franchise if this is going to be a new franchise.
0: So I was going to say um, almost that Lucy Gray is the Peter, but actually Lucy Gray is the Gale. In relation to mm-hmm. in relation to Katniss the version of Katniss um, as played in this movie is actually Snow, which is weird because he is the one whose emotions you're supposed to go along for the ride with. He's the one where you're like, yeah, rise in the capital. That's what I want for you, you know? And so the, the movie kind of does all that. And then the Lucy Gray character is at best relegated to a sort of Peter, level um, in terms of how it relates to the world, how she relates to the story. Uh, So, we're talking today. We like the film, in case you all cannot tell. I don't know why our voices are like this. We enjoyed it. Very much. Very
1: much, yeah.
0: Um, But we're all sounding still (laughs) like this. I don't know. Um, We're talking today about The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, directed by Francis Lawrence. It's a prequel, of course, to The Hunger Games. Let us know if you've watched it, if you liked it, what did you think? You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio.
1: Be free-minded. BFM 89.9.
0: Enjoy the show. Five, four, three, two, run. Enjoy the show. What happens in there, fueled with the terror of becoming prey? See how quickly we become predator? See how quickly civilization disappears? You hear that, boy?
2: It's the sound of snow falling.
0: PFM 89.9, you are listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmila and Arvin. Um, on this side of things, I was going to be more determined uh, for my enthusiasm for the film to come through, but then that pun happened. And so um, now <laughs> I, I just want to get it out of the way that uh, there are, I think, it's a, I think it's a function of the young adult movie, uh, that there are going to be things that adults find cringy. That is just the nature of the thing. Um, You know, even at the beginning, the the salute for Hunger Games, I think I can imagine, I mean, I was moved, but I can imagine that there were people who would have been rolling their eyes. There were some things in um, The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes that I found tough. Um, So the constant snow puns (laughs) I I did struggle with. (laughs) There's also a lot of singing and I am on board with musicals we are on record on this um, but there's just a lot of singing guys a lot of like meaningful eye contact with the camera singing (laughs)
2: just I struggled I didn't go into the the Hunger Games prequel expecting it to be a semi-musical I'll be honest semi-musical is right it happens a lot yeah and and. I actually like musicals. I'm not sure that I need the Hunger Games movies to be one though. Um it is it is part of the reason why I think I didn't warm up to Rachel Ziegler's Lucy Gray very much. Um I Despite felt Despite like the fact that she sounded good. She's a good singer. Yeah. I just didn't need for it to be in this movie, in this way, I think. Um so that's one. And and in terms of the the cringe factor also, I think some of it is in their relationship some of it is in the way the I think I don't know I, I, I'm i trying to think about why I enjoyed the movie and yet why I can't seem to think of rousing praise for it part of it might really have to do with that the things i enjoyed about the movie are the things that reminded me of the original movies um and they did it well Mm. like the tension of the games when kids start killing each other uh when you're not sure who I, i realize i said i enjoyed it what i mean is it makes for great cinema um That wasn't better. (laughs) Look, we all know that that's the (laughs) thrilling part where you're kind of like, oh my God, who's going to make it? What's the strategy? Who's going to maim who? (laughs) Yes, well, that's part of the Hunger Games universe, guys. It's the brutal world they live in. Um, But a lot of the new stuff didn't feel like it stuck like the singing or like their relationship or even this this band of this community that Lucy Gray is from um, or the way people lived in the capital. none of that was necessarily interesting on you. What was interesting and kept me hooked was stuff I already knew and I wanted more of.
1: Yeah, we didn't need like full songs. Like we could have done with like the first verse or something. We didn't need it to be like a full song from the Covey album or, or, or whatever. No, Then happening. it
2: turns into full American Idol. Like she has a closing number on screen and yeah, don't know yeah, what. Yeah,
1: yeah. We, yeah none, none of that, you know, that, that's why the two hours and 38 minutes, like, you know, could have been cut short. Um, I will say though, there, there's something about these movies that always gets me um, and it's present in all the Hunger Games movies, right? And it's a sense that even though this is sci-fi and partly fantasy and fiction, there's a sense that it's it's not beyond human capacity for this to be real, as deranged as that sounds. Um, it's the same thing that drives the, the Purge movies, right? Like, you know it's nonsense and high concept or whatever, but there's that suspension of disbelief. And I love how many characters in the movie play up their disgust um, at these games. Like, they know it's wrong, and they know that it shouldn't be happening, but the games are just justified as like a valid tradition that happens like it just just happens you know like like human life is just used like this um and it always makes me like a bit uncomfortable watching these movies I'm like I I know this is like a YA book but it's still so dark sometimes when you think about it
0: that's actually part of the appeal hence the whole children stabbing each other (laughs) comment but I I think um some of the things that I really liked about this film. Uh, Tom Blythe, I already said, I think that every minute he was on screen, and he's on screen an awful lot, um, he really holds it. You believe him. You believe him whether he's like the ruthless scholar, you believe him as the disenfranchised soldier, you believe him as um, the plotter, you you believe all the versions of Snow that he comes up with. I think any problems that come up with the character is not the fault of the actor trying to embody the characterization. It's more a question of writing and how that went about. Um, The other thing I really liked is the the world building and the attempts to set a fantasy period piece in a world that we're all familiar with but that, w- that was never real I really enjoyed that because you you get to see them kind of fuss about with technology um, and some of it is really familiar to us and some of it is kind of steampunk-ish that there's just a lot of play around the idea of what Panem would have been like I guess this is about 60, 50, 60 years yes. ago
2: so um, I, I enjoyed that a lot Can I just say, though, that I would watch 10 more of these movies with Tom Blythe, yes, but also with Peter Dinklage and Viola Davis. Oh, yes, yes, yes. There were such high points of this movie anytime they were on screen. Peter Dinklage is a little bit more... Subtle or low key, but um, but Viola Davis is just giving the mostest in like the crazy costumes and the OTT performance, and I loved it so much. I really love it when these prestige actors kind of decide to just go full ham in fantasy uh, YA productions, and I loved it so much. I thought they were really they brought a kind of gravitas to what they were doing, but at the same time, I think they also fully understood the assignment.
1: No they were my favorite things about the movie. I know that we're supposed to like like you know Snow and and, and Tom Blythe and stuff but Bilo Davis and, and Peter Dinklage la, um, Peter Dinklage playing himself after watching the final season of Game of Thrones <laughs> like you know just, just just drinking like bottles of
2: morphine or whatever oh was God, going on yes. with him. He yeah, the end yeah. product of a Tyrion gone to yes. seed. <laughs> no I was going to yeah, say yeah.
0: I love Peter Dinklage but he is doing Tyrion.
2: He's doing <laughs> he
0: is, Tyrion. Yeah, he yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, for
1: sure. Like
0: 100%. But Viola Davis, though, um, she doesn't have to, but she did. You know, I think that's Mm. what I appreciate about it because she's such a good performer and she's generally, her level of intensity is already double most of the people she shares the screen with. Not just in this movie, but in general. So Mm. she didn't have to go as hard as she did. But no, she popped on a in an, an insane contact lens. <laughs> She's wearing like latex blood gloves. She's, you know, holding up snakes yeah. and like speaking to them. Yeah. She's feeding eels or whatever. Yeah. She's still her face. cartoon yeah. wig. Yeah,
2: cartoon wig, face full in the camera, Monologue Yeah. So yeah, she she does so
0: much. <laughs> and, um and I think with actually with hunger games you do need that level of camp we we saw it over and over again right with the in the previous movies it would have been the stylists um it would have been stanley elizabeth banks um, elizabeth banks um Mm. it would have just been all the people of the capital um but this is like an early deranged version of it and i love that you 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 do need that infusion in this kind of movie i think
2: Yes, and and also it adds to the politics of the whole thing, right? How could a society allow this kind of a structure to not just happen but to thrive? And characters like Viola Davis and and as a contrast Peter Dinklage actually show you how this thing came to be, how a president Snow came to be. And I think that was important. I would have liked to see more of that actually.
1: Also, I love that Hunter Schaefer is in this movie. Mm. Um, I also think that she was completely wasted in this movie. Uh, she plays uh, Tigris, who's Snow's cousin. Um, she's probably the best young actor out of all of them. Um, and she barely got to show any of that. shes um, I, I know her from Euphoria and she's so magnetic and so, so, so powerful. Like an amazing character actor. Um and she would have she could have done more like here yeah, she could have played somebody else I think and just seeing her seeing her in it made me happy but then seeing the way she was used I was like oh man that's a wasted opportunity.
0: We've been talking today about the Hunger Games, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, which is the prequel that tells the story of Coriolanus Snow's not rise to power actually but his. Um, turn. His turn, yeah, yeah. The desire to become who he eventually becomes. Uh, it's directed by Francis Lawrence. Let us know if you watched it and if you liked it or didn't. You can WhatsApp 018 tweet us at BFM Radio, and write to us at movies at BFM.my.